Welcome to Millennial 619. I'm Andrew. I'm Laura. And I'm Pamela. Let's kick things off today by discussing a few streaming TV developments that will help relax the brain. Let's not think about the Rona, the Hydro. Please, God. Other things going on in life. (laughs) I wanted to mention that Percy Jackson is getting a TV series adaptation at Disney+. Plus. Have any of us read Percy Jackson? I have not. I haven't. Okay. I feel like it came like right on the cusp of like when it was intended for us. Like I feel like we were like maybe 15 or so. Mm-hmm. And so we were right on that cusp of like what age group it was geared towards. So I feel like I might have missed it, but I've heard so many good things about it that this actually makes me want to go read the books. Yeah. Oh, really? So that I can tune in for this. Yeah, because from what I've heard, the movies were awful and just not a good representation. And people are really, really excited about this. I actually really like the movies. I think in part because I'm attracted to Logan Lerman. Um, but I, <laughs> I mean, who's not? But <laughs> he's just cute as a button. He is. Um, actually, Logan Lerman shared this news as well, and he said he's confident, or he hopes that Disney actually puts together a faithful adaptation. <laughs> he's throwing shade at the movies that he starred in. Apparently, he didn't like them. Rick Riordan, the author of Percy Jackson, he has spoken out multiple times about how much he did not like the movies, and to hear an author say that, I mean, imagine J.K. Rowling or Stephanie. Meyer or Suzanne Collins being like, those movie adaptations suck. Um, so to hear Rick Riordan just shit on them publicly is really something. But Rick Riordan did announce this news about the Percy Jackson adaptation, and he seems really excited about it. I think it, he's also been vocal about the fact that he's been meeting with Disney over the past six, seven or more months. And I it sounds like they're going to let him they're going to involve him in the creative process. And I think it's kind of Disney Plus's Harry Potter TV series. They can't get Harry Potter. Nobody yeah. may, may get Harry Potter. So Percy Jackson, it is for Disney Plus. I also did not read the books, um, but I agree with Laura that I think they just came right around the time that like Artemis Fowl and series of unfortunate events. So like that second wave of really popular children's book series right after Harry Potter. So um, I have no horse in this race like you. I enjoyed the movies, but that's also because I wasn't familiar with the source material. Yeah. But I'm super excited because I know this fandom is super passionate and the love that they have for the series has not dwindled over time. So mm-hmm. I think I'll be picking them up too, just so I can, you know, um, get in on the hype. And it should be really fun. I really hope that that they do it right this time, um, because I think it would be a shame to not, since they already have an adaptation that really veered further away from the source material. Yeah. And as if the Percy Jackson news wasn't big enough, Disney Plus also announced this week that they are premiering Hamilton on July 3rd. This is a very big deal because, of course, we knew that Disney secured the rights to the taping of Hamilton. They they taped Hamilton probably two or more years ago now, probably even longer than that, with the original cast. And Lin-Manuel Miranda, he infamously said that they were going to go throw the footage in a Gringotts vault. In other words, they were going to put it under lock and key for a very long time um, because the show is still running around the world. So they didn't want to go and release this theatrically because that would hurt ticket sales. And um, so it wasn't supposed to come into theaters in theaters until the end of 2021. Then on May 12th, 
So about a week ago, Disney announced that it is coming this July 3rd. That's basically a full year and a half earlier than planned, and it appears to be skipping theaters entirely. So people were just overjoyed by this news. I assume it has everything to do with the pandemic and everybody staying at home. I guess Disney said, hey, Lynn, I don't know. Can we pay you extra to put this in theaters a lot sooner? Or maybe Lynn doesn't give a shit because Broadway is closed, so nobody can see it right now anyway. Right. Look, we were fucked over within (laughs) the Heights. And I feel like this Mm -hmm. is what we deserve because now we have to wait an extra year for that because of the Rona. Mm Mm-hmm. I wouldn't be surprised if if they just had some chats about it because, you know, people that are fans of his work were expecting to see something this summer and we're not getting it. So early Christmas present for everyone. And how much did Disney pay for this? Like $75 Which I think is chump change. I don't think that's a lot at all. Well, yeah, for Disney. (laughs) Well, not just because it's (laughs) from Disney, but because that movie would have made an insane amount of money at the box office. And now it's going to get a ton of new people to subscribe to Disney Plus, and then they're probably going to be in for six months, a year, or maybe forever. So I, I think $75 million is nothing. I mean, they, you know, anybody who's obsessed with Hamilton is now overjoyed by this news and mm-hmm. uh, is really extra happy with Disney because they're giving it to us way earlier than we expected. I'm one of those people. I would people. still go see it in theaters, though. Like <laughs> Same. Just because I think that the bigger the screen, the more it'll feel like an immersive theater experience. Yeah. So hopefully they still put it out into the world somewhere. I know what I'm doing on the 4th of July um, because this comes out on July 3rd. So I'm going to save it for the 4th. And that is going to be my celebration. Nice. Perfect. You know, maybe I'll join so you. <laughs> <laughs> sounds like a great celebration. Millennial watch party. Oh, yeah. my God. Yes. Yes. Let's do it. Yeah, sure. We don't have anywhere else to go. Perfect. Yeah, that, that'd be great. We'll just be sobbing by the end. The <laughs> um, and a couple of weeks ago, we spoke about how theater movie theater chains were throwing a shit fit at Universal and maybe one other studio because they were pulling movies from theatrical release and just sending them straight to the streaming services. Where are the theaters now? Why aren't they bitching about this? I think they're going to lose a lot of money. They're going to lose out on a lot of customers thanks to Hamilton premiering on Disney+. Plus. My guess is that, I don't know, maybe like Laura, they don't really see this as a big deal and like, you know, it wouldn't bring in a lot of people to the theaters, but um, maybe they just don't want to mess with Disney because Disney is king in Hollywood. <laughs> they just don't want to shit talk them. Well, yeah, you can't, you can't say we're never going to show another Disney movie in our theaters again because <laughs> right. it's like, okay, so you're never showing a movie again. Also, I don't know if you guys are the types to, you know, go see um, like broadcasts of the National Theater Live or something. I've gone to see a few of those. Like I went to see Fleabag. <laughs> you and, would. I know. But just like stuff like Fleabag, you know, it's like I can't get to New York. I'm not going to go to London. I would like to see Fleabag. So before they put it on Amazon for, you know, a good cause, I was like, I'll, I'll just go to the theater and and see it that way. Um, But I think I'm bringing this up basically just to say that I think it's usually art houses that have licenses to do that stuff because larger theaters like AMC don't see the value in putting long theater productions in a house that they could put, you know, like a more traditional blockbuster in. Mm -hmm. So I I don't know if they, they put up a big stink about this. At the same time, it's not really thinking 
with good business sense to not see the appeal and the broader audience that Hamilton could potentially bring into, um, you know, like a Regal or a, an Alamo Draft House. Alamo Draft House maybe is not a good example because they're kind of more of a bigger art house, but mm-hmm. you guys kind of get the gist of what I'm saying, I think. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And one more thing about Hamilton. In a press release, Disney said, the film is a leap forward in the art of live capture, which transports its audience into the world of the Broadway show in a uniquely intimate way, combining the best elements of live theater, film, and streaming. The result is a cinematic stage performance that is whole that is a wholly new way to experience Hamilton. I don't know what that means. They're acting like this is gonna be some revolutionary way to watch a stage show on screen. Is it like, do they have cameras up on stage and they're super close to Lynn? Like, I don't know what's going on. So I'm going to be. Well, they only could have. They couldn't have. Like, I hate to say this. They couldn't have done that. There's no way they could have controlled that because Disney wasn't, as far as we know, in the process of filming it to begin with. And that was done years ago. Right. Right. So it's just bluster. Unless they're talking about multiple camera angles or something like that. But how is that special? I mean, (laughs) with the Newsies, too. I don't know. watch on Disney Plus. Uh Uh-huh. I mean, the Hamilton stage setup is very unique in that they have those like the turntable stage. So Mm. everything's moving all the time. So I don't know if they did something with that. Maybe there's like a camera pointing straight down from above the stage. Maybe that could be cool to see them all spinning in different ways. Yeah. I don't know. I hope Maybe it's like a 360 video, but then they would have had to have planned for that, you Mm -hmm. know? Right. Like those videos that you can like drag and like, I don't know. That that kind of sounds like. A lot of PR bullshit to me. It probably is. It probably is. We'll see. We'll see. So July 3rd, everybody uh, can watch Hamilton on Disney+. Plus. Also, we will be taking off next week, but during our break, another big streamer is going to open its doors, and that is HBO Max. This is coming May 27th. This is the last big one. I think, hopefully forever, (laughs) but at least for a while. Um, We've been hearing about this forever. There are going to be seven original titles. There is a bunch that they've been greenlighting, like, for example, the Gossip Girl reboot, which you're not going to see right on launch day. Um, But you will be able to see things like uh, Love Life, which is a romantic comedy anthology series starring Anna Kendrick. Uh, There's also a Me Too documentary that focuses on record record executive Russell Simmons that you'll be able to watch on launch day as well. Um, An underground drag ball competition series called Legendary. Um, There's a YouTuber hosted craft series called Craftopia. Uh, new Looney Tunes cartoons for anybody that's been, you know, fan of that for a long time. And then Elmo is getting his own kids talk show called Not Too Late. Aww. So you it's can look forward to to those. It's supposed to be like a late night talk show. I think so. Yeah, I, I haven't. Um, I actually didn't know about this one. I think I missed it in the excitement of all of the other titles that they've greenlit. But it sounds pretty cute. Hmm. Yeah. Um, there's also going to be a bunch of, you know, old favorites and and newer HBO originals on there. So The O.C. will be on HBO Max, Fresh Prince of Bel-Air, Doctor Who Seasons 1 through 11. Um, also Friends, of course, although notably the Friends reunion, which was supposed to kick off the launch day, is actually getting pushed back because they weren't able to film it in time before the studio shut down. Mm-hmm. So you will not see that. Um, and then as far as movies, I think that probably one of the biggest gets is the entire Studio Ghibli uh, library, because mm. those are notoriously really hard to stream. Uh, Netflix has the license over in the UK. So if you have any friends out there, you've probably seen them talking about seeing all of these. You'll have to sign up 
to HBO Max if you want to see those out here in the U.S. Um, and, you know, on top of that, you'll have the Matrix trilogy, all the Lord of the Rings movies, and then a bunch of classic movies like The Wizard of Oz, Gone with the Wind, Rebel Without a Cause, stuff like that. So basically anything that uh, Warner Brothers owns in terms of licensing, except for, I think, Harry Potter, which is still um, a universal license for, for the, the time, time being. being, will be on HBO Max very soon. Yeah, that is a big hole. Yeah. For like five years. That's actually a pretty long time. Yeah, they're going to be waiting a while unless Warner buys the rights back from NBC, but they probably would want a lot of money to do that. So, And then the interesting thing about HBO Max is that if you are an existing HBO customer, you will get access to HBO Max. You won't have to pay more. That's very interesting. That's unlike any of these other streamers that we've seen so far. So most people, I assume, not... Most people have HBO, but a lot of people at least have access to somebody else's HBO account. So you will be able to get <laughs> HBO Max <laughs> without having to shell out more money. Um, so that's cool to see. Basically, it's the HBO you already know and love, but you can only watch it through the internet. And there's a shitload of originals coming down the pipeline. But yeah, this will be the last big streamer for a while, I think. And uh, Thank goodness, because I think we all have too much to pay for with all these streaming apps right now. Plus the millennial Patreon. And this one's expensive. Mm -hmm. It's the most expensive of the bunch. So you're really going to have to contemplate whether you want to do it. Yeah, if you're not an existing HBO subscriber, I'm not sure you would really want to sign up for this. Unless you really miss Friends and you don't want to buy the DVDs. Does anyone remember Quibi? <laughs> <laughs> Every once in a while, I load up the app, and then I'm like, eh. There's, I did watch Reno 911, the first episode, and that was funny. I might watch more of that. But yeah, I don't care about Quibi. I'm not going to be paying for Quibi after my... How long's the trial? Like eight years? After the trial. Three months. Three months. That's a good <laughs> trial. Yeah. So... um. Anybody who is watching the Patreon stream right now might notice that I redecorated. No, I'm actually in a hotel room. Uh, Pat and I did hit the road. We went out to Vegas. Um, we're actually doing some house hunting in this area right now. On last week's episode, I said we were thinking of hitting the road. And I asked you to what you thought, because, of course, there's a pandemic going on. And uh, we've tried to be cautious. We also had to get out of the house because, unfortunately, Pat had to put his cat down last week, and it was very unexpected um, and very sad. I mean, I've been vocal on the show. I am not a fan of cats, but um, Pat really loved the cat, Charlie. Charlie meant a lot to Pat, and um, for Charlie to have to be uh, put down at six years old, uh, was just so shocking and sad. It was it was a really rough few days, and you know we're getting through it. Pat's feeling better, I think. But it's just you know like one week everything seems okay, and then the next week Charlie starts getting a little sick, and then Pat takes her in for some tests, and she just had a bunch of things that were wrong with her, and and that was the best course for for her. So it was just a really big bummer. And then after that, we were like, we can't be in here anymore. We can't be in this condo where Charlie was. And, you know, on top of poor Pat getting laid off a couple months ago, and you don't want to be in the same space where this animal that you loved was, and then suddenly she's not. So we were like, fuck it, we're getting out of here. So we hit the road. We left Saturday and we drove for three days, about nine hours each day. And here we are in Vegas. So um, 
Yeah, it's been it's been a rough week and Yeah, that's I mean, as a pet owner, that's always devastating. Yeah. No matter no matter the age of your pet, but it's particularly so when the pet is so young. Yeah. Like I said, six so, years old. Yeah. And Pat put mm-hmm. a really touching tribute up for Charlie on his Instagram. And like I said, I just feel terrible for him. You never want to see somebody go through that. It it's it's made me think, you know, it's amazing that we adopt pets knowing we're going to be set up for devastation in 10, 15 years. It's just so sad. Like, I think about this with Brooklyn. I completely dread, I dread that day. And it's like, why do we put ourselves through yeah. that? <laughs> I think about that with Jasper because he's 10 years yeah. old now. So he's the senior dog, you know, mm-hmm. that's, so that's a third of my life that yeah. he's been with me. Yeah. And like, yeah. maybe if I'm lucky, I'll get, you know, maybe 10 more years because they can live, you know, like, that's like, if I'm really lucky. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the thing is, though, what what you and Pat did was an example of great pet parenting because it was absolutely the hardest thing to do. But it was, you know, you recognize that it wasn't about you and that it was the best thing to do for Charlie. Right. You know, and that that's the that is the, the selfless requirement that comes with having a pet, you know? Yeah. And there was one weird blessing you know you kind of look for the blessings and all this and pat actually notices himself he was laid off about two months ago but because he was laid off he got to spend more time with charlie in her final months so you know you just have to look for bright moments like that um it was actually interesting i i cried when charlie died you know it was very it was very sad you know seeing pat go through this of course just awful but pat noticed that this was the first time he had seen me cry in the two and a half years we've been together. And I was saying to myself, wow, I guess it's been a pretty good two and a half years for me if I haven't cried until now. (laughs) Well, I mean, I've known you since we were 15. And I think the only time I've seen you cry was when you were laughing. (laughs) Right. I do that a lot. When you're laughing so hard that you make yourself cry. I don't think I've ever seen you cry otherwise. That's why I never cry when I'm sad because I'm dried out from all the crying I do when I laugh. (laughs) Yep. Andrew's just locked down. He's like Fort Knox. (laughs) I kind of am in some ways. (laughs) Push those sentiments down. Yeah. Yeah. But, but, but putting charlie down you know, that that really got to me and of course pat was devastated of it was course. just horrible to see um so yeah you know i i want to i want to say i dedicate this episode to charlie how about that i was thinking about this we yeah we, we dedicate books and movies why not dedicate podcasts so i dedicate this episode to charlie and thank you charlie for everything you did for pat and getting him through yeah. some hard times and being a member of our family and being a friend of brooklyn and sorry you had to go so soon Yep. Hashtag for Charlie. There you go. Aww. Name of the episode. <laughs> so changing gears now, want to say thank you to everybody who came to our latest Bay Hangout. People including Roshni, Aaron, Kamal, Becky, Grace, Jemima, Sonia, Poe, Nikki, Morgan, Rachel, and Thad, and a bunch of others. It was a really good time. I think we did that uh, Wednesday or Thursday, and that was for Bay patrons at patreon.com slash millennial. And speaking of patrons, we have some very exciting news. Um, Some of you are going to miss this. You may not listen to this until after we do this. But for our next installment of the Millennial Variety Show, we will be doing our first ever Millennial Trivia Night. We will be asking multiple choice questions about. Disney, uh, politics, millennial nostalgia, 
and pop music. And the best part of this is that we are giving away cold, hard cash. We're going to give away $100 to the first place winner, $50 to the second place winner, and um, uh, $25 to the third place winner. And that's really exciting. (laughs) I think that's very tempting. So that's going to be happening for people who pledge $5 or more per month at patreon.com slash millennial on Wednesday night. This is going to be multiple choice trivia. You're going to be competing in real time against other millennial listeners. And we're actually going to go back to a format we did for the first MuggleCast trivia night. And I haven't told you to this yet. Um, We're going to do a time-based point system. So the faster you answer, the more points you will get. It's going to be very competitive and there's cash on the line. So be there Wednesday night, 7.30 p.m. Eastern. That's when the game starts. So you have to get there a little early to get ready. And we'll walk you through how it works. So it's going to be a lot of fun. And the questions are super fun. Yes, yes. I was having a peek at them. They're they're really, really good. <laughs> okay, let's move on to some listener feedback. Yeah, we have some listener feedback to get to. This first one's from John. John says, I love going to the theater. I personally visit an Alamo draft house, which has a very strict no talking, no phone policy. When you are home, you can pause the movie, scroll Insta, grab a snack, and not be fully engaged in a movie. I go to the movies for the experience the same way you go and see a Broadway play. I'm not saying theaters will not have to adjust, but I think they are very much needed, especially for a cinephile like me. Also, some theaters will have to show classic movies like Harry Potter, Princess Bride, and Lord of the Rings when they reopen for lack of new movies. Will you guys go back to the theater as soon as they open to see these movies you probably already own? I would see a Harry Potter movie or two. It depends on what they announce. I mean, that that's really what it comes down to. If it's a movie I used to love, like maybe like Jurassic Park, I would love to see the original Jurassic Park again in a movie theater or a Harry Potter. Those are the two that jump out to me right now. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> I don't know when I'm going to be comfortable going back to the movies after this. Really? Yeah. I mean, and it also really depends on what theaters are doing. Yeah. To be safe. Like there's actually one local theater here that's doing something kind of cool that is intriguing to me where you can rent out one of their theaters um, if you have up to 20 people for $25 per person. So theoretically, you could go rent out a whole theater for yourself and a friend for 50 bucks. Wow. And they'll just play whatever movie you want to play Hmm. um but you can do up to 20 people and you can spread out in the theater which is kind of cool yeah um so i think i'd be more comfortable with something like that Mm. personally like i don't know about this whole like oh yeah we're gonna seat a person every third seat like that doesn't seem sufficient to me so yeah mainly because you're gonna be sitting near these people for three hours that's the problem. Yep. Well, it's also because you don't know what they're doing to sanitize in between showings. So unless you're going to the first showing of the day, like I do, it's probably not going to be as clean, you know? <laughs> um, but, but you know, honestly, like Laura, I, I uh, any in any other climate, I probably would because I do think, like, Andrew, it would be fun to see some of these movies back on the big screen. Um, and the Alamo Draft House to this person's point 
you know, they do stuff like this all the time and it's always a really fun experience. But I, I just don't know after this. I'll probably just hold out until something that I haven't seen comes out and then I'll I'll drag myself there because I'll want to see that. But mm-hmm. We should go back to drive-in theaters. Yes. I would love that. That should be the new gold standard. To John's point about being able to focus more in a movie theater, I do completely agree with that. Because when I am watching a movie at home, I am checking my phone. I agree. I love going to the movies. I just don't feel safe doing it right now. Just go in a hazmat suit. Maybe that's what I'll do. Would you feel any more comfortable if you were wearing a mask and maybe like something over your eyes as well? Like a visor type thing? Not really. I didn't even think about something over your eyes. See, more fear. (laughs) (laughs) We also have a confessional here, and this one reads, I've been one of the lucky people who hasn't had to worry about losing my job or having my hours decrease during the coronavirus pandemic. In fact, my job got even busier whenever the shelter in place was first enacted, and I was getting paid overtime and even double time to make sure that the staff and the students at the program where I work had everything they needed. The problem is that before all of this, I was really burned out at my job. Since January, I have been basically covering three positions and working 60 hours a week to compete day-to-day operations as well as to make sure shifts were covered. It's been great for my bank account, but terrible for my mental health, physical health, and social life. It's been hard to have anyone to talk to because everybody keeps telling me that I should be thankful that I have a job right now. I know. I know that I'm beyond fortunate to have a place to live and a consistent paycheck while others aren't sure how they're going to make ends meet or feed their families. It's hard to feel grateful, though. When my job is so draining, I just feel stuck. I'd love any thoughts, advice, input you all have in navigating this situation. If I were you, yeah, it is tough. But if I were you, I would start considering a career change. Maybe once you get through this pandemic, once things start to maybe slow down. Because if you are burned out, you have to listen to yourself. And it might be time for you to let go of this role. Is yeah. it possible also to, um, I, I, you know, I know that not all companies are created equal, but I wonder if they do have, um, you know, um, like a personal time off that you can request. I've done that before. Like I, I burned out a few years ago and I just needed to stop everything. And I took. I think like three weeks off of the job that I was doing and on top of the writing and you have to file some paperwork with HR and stuff to do it. But I think that at the end of the day, it was the smartest decision that I could have made at the time. Um, So just because, you know, you're in a pandemic right now and it might not be the best time to look for another job, it doesn't necessarily mean that there might not be some options open to you to help alleviate a bit of the stress while we're in this limbo period. Yeah, I would also say, you know, try your best to be honest with yourself and the people that you're comfortable with about how you're feeling. To be honest with you, in my day to day, I feel like I'm having to expend double the effort to get my normal amount of output. Hmm. And I've tried to be really honest about that with people because I think most of us are going through the same thing. And rather than suffering in silence or suffering alone, you might find some camaraderie. Mm -hmm. Again, I don't know what the dynamics of your job are or if you have somebody that you feel safe talking to about this. But if you do, I really think you should because I think it would make it a little easier for you to like validate those feelings and not feel quite so like, oh, I know it's a first world problem. You know, I have a job that pays me pretty well, but I hate it. Um. You know, because that's certainly, you know, of course, there are circumstances out there 
that are maybe worse than that. But if you start justifying, like invalidating your feelings just because somebody has it worse than you, then you're going to spend your whole life invalidating your feelings. Mm -hmm. So my first suggestion would be just find a way to come to terms with this and the fact that these feelings are very real and there's nothing wrong with feeling the way that you do. Yeah. But I think that Andrew and Pam are correct looking into PTO options to give yourself a break. And then also when you get to a point where it's economically feasible for you to begin a job switch, then that would be the time. But don't pull the plug if you don't like have savings or anything. Yeah. Like, definitely take care of yourself. Well, it sounds like this person's been better off because they said it's uh, their bank account's been looking good. But then I would also advise, don't do it. Don't stick with it just because of the money. The money is not necessarily making it worth it. We don't want to work ourselves to death just so we're comfortable financially. Like There comes a point where you have to say to yourself, yeah, my bank account is looking good, but I also don't like my life right now. You see these people leave their mm-hmm. million dollar jobs and run off to, you know, the forest and just live this peaceful life. And they're so much happier. They're not making money, but they're so much happier. You just have to find that balance, that work life balance that we always talk about. So my feeling here is like you're at your limit. You're making good money, but it's not worth it for you. I kind of face this sometimes with picking up podcast editing gigs. I enjoy it. But how many do I really need? Should I work myself to death around the clock just so I have a shitload of money? No, because then I wouldn't be having a life anymore and I would be miserable. So you just have to cut it off at some point. And for you, it sounds like you're already past that point and you might just have to search for a new career where you're making less. Yes, but you're happier and that's going to be worth it. It also just kind of seems to me like, you know, wherever you're working is really kind of taking advantage of the fact that you're in a position where you you feel like you have to keep working um, specifically because, you know, you mentioned that you're doing the job of, you know, three different people. That's a lot. I've known people that, you know, have struggled with this um, before, specifically I'm thinking of one friend in particular that was working at a newspaper and was covering three different beats because they lost two reporters and it some point it's just not feasible anymore. And I don't know if you've already done this or, you know, if you don't want to rock the boat, but I really think that figuring out somebody that you can talk to at the company and just kind of explaining that, you know, you're worried you're going to burn out and you're not going to be the best employee that you can be if they keep running you into the ground like this, that might help alleviate things long enough for you to, you know, find something else in the meantime. Yeah. Also, Morgan and Katie brought up a really good point in our Discord. If your company has, um, I think it's an employee assistance program, an EAP, um, those are really great. I've actually taken advantage of them, um, you know, in my own work. And they basically connect you with licensed therapists that are in your network. And sometimes with those programs, you get a certain number of therapy sessions that are free. So if you don't have somebody that you work with directly that you feel comfortable with, this could be a route also to be able to speak with somebody. And this week's advertiser will also be helpful here potentially, but we'll get to that a little bit later. Let's talk about what's going on in the world of this pandemic. Wanted to mention that Donald Trump has decided to start taking the hydro, as he calls it, or hydroxychloroquine, 
when he says it, he really struggles, but it's actually not too hard to say. Hydroxychloroquine. It's not hard, but he's always like, hydroxychloroquine. No, chloroquine. <laughs> yeah, and Nancy Pelosi called Trump fat <laughs> because of this. I don't know if you guys saw this. Her point was that when you take the hydro, it actually puts you at risk of uh, potentially cardiac arrest and other very serious health issues. So you shouldn't take it unless you absolutely need it. He's taking it because he literally said he's heard good things about it. And of course, he spoke to his doctor and his doctor said, okay. But you know, Trump was like, come on, I really want to take it. I really want to take it. And he's been taking it for about a week and a half now. It it seems nonsensical. He's taking it because he's been playing it up as a solution to coronavirus. And you know he's going to credit the hydro when this is all said and done (laughs) when he's talking about how he avoided getting it. I don't think he's taking it. You don't think so? I think it's no. I think it's complete bullshit. I'm trying to think of like because that's a prescription medication. So in order for him to take that, somebody would have to prescribe that to him. And I don't see how we wouldn't find out who that person was if this was indeed the case. And I just don't see him putting himself on the line taking a risky medication Mm -hmm. for something that's not even been proven. I mean, they're doing really limited trials with hydroxychloroquine. Mm -hmm. So nobody really knows what kind of impact it has on coronavirus at this point. I don't see himself. I don't see him putting himself on the line like that. But even if he did want to, which you're right, he probably wouldn't. I'm sure that the White House would not let him mm. as the sitting president, right? Maybe they're just giving him um <clears throat> maybe they're just giving him aspirin. They're like, here you go. <laughs> or oh or God. yeah, Liza. That's so dangerous though, because people are gonna believe that he's taking it and yeah, then they're the gonna problem. start taking it. That's exactly the problem. They're going to start taking it. A lot of people did start taking it after he recommended it a month or two ago. So now they're really going to be into this idea because they see Trump avoiding catching coronavirus, even though it's in the White House. And maybe it's thanks to the hydro. I like saying the hydro. It is a lot easier. I can see why he caught it that. (laughs) Sounds like Hydra. (laughs) Yeah, that's what I was thinking, too. (laughs) And then, well, maybe this is a side effect of taking the hydro. He's been tweeting about Obamagate. Yep. (laughs) We mentioned this last week. What the fuck is Obamagate? Does anybody know? Um, I think people are still trying to figure it out. It sounds like, I mean, the TLDR of it is that Trump is trying to start this conspiracy theory that Obama was setting the future Trump administration up with this Russian hoax, you know, because (laughs) Obama... Definitely wanted to help the Russians help Trump win the 2016 election. Totally. Um, and and that he had the FBI illegally investigating, you know, multiple members of the Trump family. But in addition to them, Michael Flynn, who randomly got pardoned last week, mm-hmm. even though he lied to the FBI. Um, it's It's a mess. And ultimately, it's a distraction from coronavirus because he knows that this is really bad PR for his re-election odds and so he's just trying to drum up a conspiracy theory which by the way was a conspiracy theory that got its foothold in like right-wing independent news sites over the course of the last year um so he just picked up on this so that he could try and take attention away from his bungling of the coronavirus pandemic 
this from the birther guy. Like, we're supposed to believe this after the birther movement? Like, are you freaking kidding me? And, mm-hmm. and then it also came at a time when Obama started critis- criticizing Trump. So Trump's been trying to uh, slap back. Um, Obama has been calm and collected, as he always is. And uh, at one point, after Trump started tweeting Obamagate, Obama just tweeted, vote, period. That's yep. it. That's the tweet. Vote. <laughs> it got like a million likes on Facebook. It was amazing. <laughs> well, and also Obama was one of the people who gave um, a national graduation commencement speech yeah. for all of the 2020 graduates. And I was like, oh, this that's right. We do have somebody who knows how to be presidential. Like, why isn't the freaking president of the United States doing this? It's literally what I thought when I saw that pop up. And it's such a bad look. Nobody's inviting him. That's why. Because <laughs> nobody's <laughs> inviting him. Nobody wants that Yeah, piece but that of doesn't shit. mean that they can't sit him in front of a camera and say, you know what? Let's just put this out on our own socials. Oh, yeah, they I didn't see. even yeah. try. Hilarious. Right. Yeah. Oh, Not so even good. a tweet. So good. All they had to do was say congratulations to all the graduates. Because they can't manage the White House to save their lives. We could do a better job managing this administration than Jared Kushner or whoever is. Truth. (laughs) Did you guys hear about Operation Warp Speed? What is this? Trump has put together a task force and they've been dubbed Operation Warp Speed because they want to try and have a vaccine ready by the end of the year. Oh, great. Yeah. Punch and it. Like, wow. I, just, I love like you have Space Force and then Operation Warp Speed. I'm like, I'm sorry. Is this an episode of Star Trek? What the fuck? It's something that his low IQ fact, fans I... can understand. Right. They're already testing vaccines, though. Like, I think that the, not that we would forget that, but I think that his followers might not maybe realize that. It's not that nobody has ideas. It's just that we need to test them properly on humans first before, you know, you administrate them to the mass. But that's what Trump hates. He hates how long it's going to take to get a vaccine. And this is from a guy who doesn't believe in science, as we see every day on Twitter and on television. Uh, So he thinks this whole process can be sped up. And how is this going to go? It's not going to go at warp speed. The vaccine still isn't going to be ready until next year. I mean, if he wants to volunteer to be the first human tester, I'm totally fine with that. (laughs) I think he would. I mean, he's allegedly taking the hydro, so I feel like he would Uh, be willing to take the vaccine. (laughs) I feel, no, I really don't think he's taking it. I think one day we will find out he was absolutely not taking the hydro. (laughs) Um, Meanwhile, this is kind of a out of left field story. Fake meat sales are up 264% since the pandemic began. Why is this? This surprised me and I wanted to bring it up because I love Beyond Meat. I love Impossible Meat. Um, I love the Burger King Impossible Whopper. I just had two oh, yesterday. so good. And what's brilliant about it is it's available at every Burger King and every and Burger King is everywhere. So I know that wherever I am, I can eat plant-based meat which is super cool and like something I didn't think would be possible this soon. But anyway, plant-based meat sales are up 264% since March. The reason for this is in part due to shortages of real meat, as well as consumer uh, skepticism about the safety of real meat in those plants, because we keep hearing about how coronavirus is spreading through these meat plants. And 
I don't know. I, fake meat just seems safer to a lot of people right now because you're not eating an animal. Can I make a confession? Uh-oh. You're no longer so, a vegetarian. No, I am. But last night, I had a really disturbing experience with a Beyond Burger because I was eating it and there was legit plastic film inside the burger. Oh. Like I took oh, a bite no. and I was I was chewing and I was like what is that? And I pulled it out and it was just like a piece of plastic film. <laughs> and like those burgers they come on paper. So like when you take the the wrapper off the bottom of it it's paper. So I was like what the fuck? Yeah. And I just didn't eat the rest of it. Oh gosh. Thing. Now I'm now I'm scared. Have you thought about writing to beyond about that? Yeah. I mean, I'm going to take them back to Publix because I want my money back at least. But um, yeah, I'm going to be like, guys, what the fuck? I'd still rather eat Beyond Meat with plastic in it than real meat. Yeah. So. Man, you're turning into a good vegetarian. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I have increasingly been turned off by the idea of eating meat. It does disgust me to an extent. There's certain meals that I look at and I definitely can't eat anymore. Like anything, any type of thick meat, I am very uninterested in. Steak, thick burgers, gross. That said, I'm still eating like McDonald's and like being on the road right now. I had McDonald's, loved it. But yeah, just certain types of meat I, I can't do anymore. And who knows, maybe one day I'll be full-blown, a full-blown vegetarian. No, I won't. I won't. I can't quit in and out I can't quit Chick-fil-A. <laughs> just a part-time vegetarian. That's how I describe myself. Yeah, there you go. There you go. A Monday through Friday vegetarian. <laughs> right. Well, cool. We thought that we would play a little quarantine game um, to try and commiserate about some of the things that we've gone through during this quarantine together, but hopefully to lighten things up a little bit. So y'all, I have come up with a list of 25 things that seem to be very common to the quarantine experience. I'm going to read through this list and y'all need to keep track of your own scores. You get one okay. point for each thing that applies to you. Okay. As we go through All them, right. also feel free to comment on the category or share some experiences you might have had. And at the end, we can find out who has the most quarantine-esque experiences. That person will be the winner. You don't win anything. It's just fun. Um, but hopefully y'all can play along at home as well. So whenever okay. y'all are ready. Yeah, let's do it. Ready? All right. Number one, Zoom hangout with friends. I feel like this is an every, this is like a gimme category. We've all done this. Right. Okay. Number two, touched your face while talking about the importance of not touching your face. <laughs> I'm still doing it all the time. This, I'm more aware yeah. that I'm doing it, but I'm still doing it. All right. Number three, had colleagues refer to the current state of affairs as, quote, the new normal. Probably. If somebody never says this to me again, I will be so fucking happy. <laughs> I'm so tired of hearing this. I don't I don't think I have colleagues. So no. <laughs> I'm gonna message Pam on Slack tonight. Pam, in light of the new normal. Like, this is the, the new, new normal. normal. <laughs> all right. Number four, ate all your snacks and had to like make an emergency run to the grocery store being like, ah fuck. I'm gonna say no to this one. Cause I I I definitely have eaten more snacks, but I haven't cleared out my boxes. All right. this I feel like this is one that many can, can uh, relate to. 
realized you could smell yourself and decided it was time for a shower. What? <laughs> well, we know Wait, that Laura like no longer during showers. Quarantine. Yeah, what the hell, Laura? Do you not shower daily? Um, <laughs> I do shower, uh, not always daily, but, you know, like every other day. <laughs> How about Mark? <laughs> How about your parents who you live with right now? Yeah, no, I mean, everybody's good, but I just feel like I've heard this joke from people being like, oh, I realize like I'm hanging around the house and I'm not doing anything. No, but. but Then I realize I stink. But do Mark and your parents shower daily? Yes. But you don't. I mean, every other, I'm not doing anything. Okay, we're going to have to get your parents or Mark on here and ask what (laughs) they think about that because. I don't know. That that seems a little strange. You're not doing anything. That's exactly the point. So you have time to shower. Uh, but do I have the motivation? That's the question. Did you shower well, today? Well, there's a difference yes. showering and washing your hair, you know? Yeah. Oh, no. Like, I, only I don't wash... wash my hair every day, but I'll hop in the shower every day. I wash my hair once a week. But that was a pre-quarantine thing. I was doing that already. I shower daily. It just makes me feel better. I mean, that's one big reason. Sure, I could go a day without showering, but I just feel gross by the end of the day. It's refreshing to shower. Mm-hmm. Andrew's judging me over here for my uh, absolutely, yeah, for my every other day shower. It'd be one thing if like your boyfriend wasn't showering every day too. Like, I guess I could kind of understand that, <laughs> but if everybody else is in the house and you aren't, uh... <laughs> we only have one bathroom. <laughs> Okay, <laughs> there's 24 there's hours in a day. <laughs> Whatever. <Ugh. laughs> has anybody here, and I don't think that's a yes, has anyone here grown a quarantine beard? Yeah, no. Looking at our faces, I'm guessing not, but this no. is also very common. <laughs> All right, this is something that will apply to probably not any of us. Um, thought about starting a podcast or a YouTube channel? <laughs> Subsequently, started a podcast or a YouTube channel. Also, joined a TikTok challenge. Have y'all TikTok challenged? No, I'm still not on TikTok. No. I refuse. You don't even watch? No. I don't watch online videos, period. Miss- that's better than you are missing content, out. man. Yeah, you're missing out. <laughs> you really okay. are. Such good brainless entertainment. Okay. Had an important meeting in pajamas or without pants? Definitely a meeting. Yeah. yeah. Was it important? I don't know. Is firing Laura important? <laughs> Mm. well i mean it clearly didn't work i'm still here because <laughs> i wasn't wearing pants i was feeling insecure <laughs> she said no i'm good <laughs> i was like no i'm fine yeah keep sending my money and i was gonna That's stand cute. up and then i was gonna stand up to yell at you and i was like wait i can't i don't have pants on <laughs> sometimes i do this show without pants on but... really oh that's <laughs> Me a too. fun confession yeah are you wearing pants right now I, well, yeah, because it's cold. But if it's like, like there have been uh, Ugh, episodes it where it's like here. 80 degrees and then it's hotter in here and I can't run the AC. So Dang. it's like, well, I guess I'm not wearing pants today. Ah, how fun. By the way, um, I've seen at least one person in the Discord who says they also do not shower every day. So, booyah. Okay, <laughs> whatever. It's only during quarantine, like during my regular life. All right. I absolutely do. All right, Jewel, mark um, this down. We need social media polls. Do you shower <laughs> daily? Yes or no? We'll see what the people think. Maybe Pam and I during are wrong. During quarantine. That's fair. During quarantine. Okay. Quarantine specific. Okay. Have you attended a class of 2020 virtual graduation? No. Not I did. Yet. 
And it was incredibly disappointing. <laughs> like they didn't even try. They didn't even read their names. What? I was like, That's what the so fuck fucked is this? Up. Yeah. That's sad. I was like, what's the point of even doing this? This is yeah. what the kids are here for. They want to hear their names. Mm-hmm. Okay. Witnessed a Karen or a bro having a quarantine meltdown. <laughs> <laughs> Andrew's laughing because he has. Do you, does watching you count recount the hell that you've been through recently? <laughs> Am I a Karen like all the time? No, not all the time. No. I was thinking of the guy you saw outside who like was trying to get in and oh, couldn't, your neighbor. He couldn't oh, find yeah, his keys. Sure, that counts. Yeah. <laughs> so Pam, this may apply to me and you more than Andrew. Went more than three days without going outside with the exception of walking the dog. Walking oh, the yeah. dog does not count. <laughs> 100% that's me. <laughs> I'm going to put down a point for me there because there's probably been a three-day period. Okay. I'm not going to Target every day. It's like once a week. Okay, there you go. Uh, anyone here ever posted a mask selfie? I have. Oh. <laughs> I feel like so many people are doing that and everybody's also doing these captions, you know, quarantine life. I just don't want to be one of these sheeple. Yeah. So I haven't. I So my grandmother made quarantine masks for us and I took a selfie in mine because she wanted it. And I legit looked like a murderer <laughs> in mine. Like I had complete dead eyes and my mouth and nose covered. There yeah, we go. I'm wearing my mask. Andrew's just going to. I like this. I think it makes my jaw look sharper. So I actually I look at myself in the mirror mm. out in public and I'm like, oh, I look hot. It's covering up my. <laughs> <laughs> my acne <laughs> so i'm like wow i look um, great it's fucked up masks are becoming a new fashion accessory and it's kind of fucked up <laughs> okay has anyone here cut or colored your own hair i cut pat's hair the other day yeah took a I think while that counts okay did you do a good job i think i did a good job yes uh, i think he looks really hot thanks to my we just we just shaved off the side so he still got everything on top uh, but it took a while, a good 45 minutes, in part because we didn't have real mm-hmm. a hair shaver. I just like a small one that we normally use for pubes. Um, this had to take off like three months of hair. <laughs> wait, wait a second. You used your pube shaver on Pat's hair? Well, you know, I didn't really think about if that's disgusting or not until you just said it. But I guess that <laughs> oh is a little, but it's, it's easily washable. It's a piece of plastic. You take off the razor and then you wash it underwater. Okay, I think we need another social poll, Jewel. <laughs> like what is more disgusting, showering every other day or using your pube shaver to cut your hair? No, but we um, have to. I definitely, yeah, I get it. You got to do what you got to do. Desperate times. Mm-hmm. Um, I've definitely colored my own hair. I touched up my pink mm. last weekend. Can't really see it because it's dark in here, but it is actually more vibrant. Nice. Um, Drank before noon is the next category. I definitely have done that. <laughs> I don't I don't think I have. I don't think so either. Sunday fun day, I definitely start drinking earlier, but not before noon. Mm-hmm. Okay. What about ordered toilet paper online? <laughs> no. I think that's just you. <laughs> Did you cave and end up doing that? I know we were talking about it. I did not because we actually found a store that we were able to find out what their restocking schedule was. Oh, my God. So we would just go on the days when they restocked. (laughs) First in line. I'm here for toilet paper. By the way. I mean, after the old people. Yeah. I haven't even 
had to open up my supply of toilet paper. I bought this big old thing from Costco like close to two months ago now. Still using the stuff I had before the pandemic began. It's nuts. All right. Has anyone here had a quarantine cry? I'll be the first to say I definitely have. Yeah, I just admitted to it. Not related to the quarantine, but yeah. What about has anyone's uh, car gotten two weeks to the gallon? Two weeks? I have not filled up my tank since March. Yeah. Yeah. 100% using it less. Of course, now's a great time to drive because gas is cheaper than ever. Mm-hmm. Not ever, but it's yeah. really cheap. No, here it's like one thirty a gallon. Mm-hmm. It's insanely low. Um, so who here got motivated and purchased workout equipment? I know I did. I really want to buy a Peloton. I'm jealous of everybody who has one. Me too. <laughs> I thought you were going to say that you bought one. No, no. I've gotten <laughs> close, but then I'm like, oh, but $100 a month. Because it's $100 a month yeah. if you do the classes and you're paying it off. So it's just too much money. Yeah, I can't justify that. I'm happy with the Fit Desk. The other day, I was listening to an interview on Howard Stern with Anderson Cooper, and they both have Pelotons. And I'm like, damn, Anderson's hot, and he's using a Peloton? I'm going to use a Peloton so I can look hot like Anderson. Anyway. <laughs> he's the hot dad. Yeah. Hot new yeah, dad. he is. <laughs> now we can um, really call what him about, daddy. <laughs> what about lost motivation and let the workout equipment collect dust? <laughs> no, no. I uh, <laughs> Other than when I threw my back out, I still use that bike. I like my stationary bike. Okay. What about an ex- made an excuse to get off the phone with a family member peddling conspiracy theories about the coronavirus? <laughs> I've done this. <laughs> <laughs> my answer is no, because I would never put myself into that situation. I don't talk to crazy family members. <laughs> oh, you don't get on with your Trump supporting Heck family no. member who I won't disclose? <laughs> All right. So this is something... That is happening in some cities, not all. I have not experienced it here, but clapping, whooping, or howling out of your window at a specified time. That shit is so dumb. (laughs) I get it. Thank the healthcare heroes. They deserve our respect and our appreciation. I get it. But I'm not sticking my head out and being the only one on the street going, woo, or living on a prayer. No, no, no. That's disturbing. Yeah, it's crazy. I have a friend that lives in London and and every day almost on her Instagram story, she's like, well, I guess I know it's five o'clock or whatever it is because she can oh, hear yeah. it outside well, of her nice. window. Yeah. I have a friend who lives in Colorado. And for some reason, I think Denver, I get Denver and Boulder confused. and I don't know why. Um, but she was saying that every night at eight o'clock, people howl like they lean out their windows and they're like, oh, <laughs> that's fun. <laughs> and that's that's for the healthcare heroes? I have no idea what it's for. I think it might just be because. They're like hippies out there. Yeah, everybody's high. They're like, let's howl, man. <laughs> howl at the moon, man. We are the wolves. <laughs> have we started quoting Tiger King routinely? This is an absolute <laughs> yes in my household. <laughs> I love saying, hey, all you cool cats and kittens. So I'll put down a point for this one. I think Tiger King has come and gone on my end. (laughs) I like saying that bitch Carol. (laughs) So So what we do, anytime Mark and I start getting on each other's nerves, like playfully, not seriously, but one of us will go, get out of here, you bitch. (laughs) Because that's a that's another Joe Exotic line. Yeah. And we do that a lot. And we'll like sing 
hear kitty kitty <laughs> or I saw a tiger. A tiger saw a man. <laughs> and then finally, I'll be interested to see if any, I don't think anyone here, but maybe some people at home. Have you signed up for a Pornhub free premium subscription? <laughs> no, no, I have not. I didn't even know they were giving those away. <laughs> yeah, so they are. <laughs> But anyway, so how did y'all do? I got nine. I got eight. I got 15. <laughs> well, you wrote the question, the so I can see why. Queen. Yeah, that, that's Corn true. Queen. There is some there is some bias here, though I did use some. They have like quarantine bingo cards out there. So I use those to help me come up with some of these. Um, but yeah, fun. this is fun. I feel like I learned a lot more about y'all. And guys, please let us know how you did. Did anybody beat my score of 15? No. Well, not in the Discord, at least. Jewel got nine. Roshni got three. Mariah got nine. Katie got 10. Poe got nine. So a little higher than Pam and I, but not quite as many as you. Sarah got eight. Hey, there's somebody in the Discord saying they signed up for the free premium subscription. Oh, nice. Enjoy, Katie. That's awesome. Yeah. (laughs) I don't know if they wanted to be named. Sorry. I mean, Katie's a pretty generic name. Yeah. So Good job, Anonymous. <laughs> okay. Well, that was fun. We're going to talk about some changes that Twitter and Instagram have been making recently. But first, it's time for a word from this week's sponsor, Talkspace. They are a major help in times like these. Being home so much, especially during a crisis like this, can be a breeding ground for anxiety. Without the stability of our normal daily routine, the mind can fill with worst-case scenarios, what-ifs, and worries. You may feel lonely, but you are not alone. We're all adjusting to this new normal. For Mental Health Awareness Month, Talkspace Online Therapy is more committed than ever to expanding access to support for anyone who is struggling. With Talkspace, you get the support of a licensed therapist from the safety of your home and can reach out from your device whenever something is on your mind. You can send your therapist text, audio, picture, or video messages from your phone or computer 24-7 as much as you need to. Everything happens within Talkspace's secure platform all on your schedule. Talkspace matches you with a licensed therapist based on your needs and preferences. They have thousands of licensed therapists trained in over 40 specialties, including anxiety, depression, and relationship issues. Once you're matched, you can begin therapy the very same day. I have loved using Talkspace even before quarantine, but it's more helpful than ever right now. Plus, when you're on the go like I am this week, you can still talk to your therapist no matter where you are in the world. Just because you're out of town does not mean that your therapy has to stop. And this is a huge benefit because quick and easy access to your therapist can offer some much needed stability. The bottom line, you deserve support and don't have to struggle on your own. Your Talkspace therapist can be your dedicated support system there to help you feel healthier and more empowered even in these uncertain circumstances. As a listener of this podcast, you can get $100 off your first month on Talkspace. To match with your perfect therapist, go to Talkspace.com or download the app. Make sure to use the code M-I-L-L to get $100 off your first month and show your support for the show. That's M-I-L-L and Talkspace.com. Okay, Pam, what's going on with Instagram and Twitter? So both platforms have announced some new changes that are going to be taking place. It's mostly just new features. Uh, So I figured that we could 
talk about each platform in turn. So that's probably going to be the easiest way to organize this. Um, so first up, over on Twitter, they actually announced early last week that they're taking some steps to help users know when COVID-19 related tweets are you know, um, tweets that are containing disputed information or misleading information. So this is going to pop up in a few ways, depending on the gravity of the tweet in question. So the new labels, and they made sure to specify this in their blog post announcing this, will apply to anyone sharing misleading information that meets the requirements of their policy, including world leaders. So Trump is not immune to this. Supposedly. <laughs> Allegedly. We'll see yeah. what happens. Allegedly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so if a tweet is deemed to contain potentially harmful or misleading information that may leave users feeling confused, it's going to be labeled with a link right at the bottom that says get the facts about COVID-19. And you'll be able to click on that. And that's going to take you to a page that's either curated with uh, Twitter um, curated by Twitter that has other links that you can follow to learn more, or it's just going to lead you to, um, you know, a page from like the CDC that has more information so that you can make a better judgment call on, on what you're reading on the platform. But then if a tweet is deemed to have high propensity for harm, then that tweet's going to be covered up completely. So you'll still be able to click through the warning label, but it's just not going to be you know, you're not gonna be able to see the contents until you do. So it's kind of like a like a warning um, screen. And yeah. that's going to read some or all of the content shared in this tweet conflicts with guidance from public health experts regarding COVID-19. Learn, learn more. So you'll still be able to click the follow through link and, and just be more well informed. Which kind of cracks me up because when there's adult material on Twitter, you get a similar warning that says, you know, this material might be for adults only or or it's sensitive content and now they're doing the same thing for misleading information it's great it's great but it's funny that it's a similar warning to what you receive when looking at porn on twitter andrew how do you know what it's like to look at porn on twitter anyway what were you saying pam Oh, yeah. So so I think that one of the things that people were kind of worried about is whether or not Twitter was going to go in and start deleting people's tweets based on whether they felt like they violated the guidelines that they're putting in place so that they can do this. And the answer to that is not necessarily unless you have tweeted something that's completely fabricated information that could be potentially detrimental to the masses if it goes viral. Um, So it's pretty wishy-washy in general, but I guess it's a good step forward do we all kind of agree with that or do you guys have any concerns about this in general i think that it's just vague enough so that they can react however they want to to specific users um and my concern here is that somebody like a donald trump will probably not be held accountable but other world leaders might be if they start peddling misinformation. So I just feel like this is more about good PR for Twitter than it is about actually solving this problem. Yeah, they have to do something. I'm glad they're taking these steps because it is a free-for-all on all social media networks right now. And it's bullshit. Um, They have to step in. I mean, they're going to be regretting these past five, 10 years when they let so much misinformation flow freely. So I'm glad they're doing something. I I hope they put this warning up on some of Trump's tweets because they are not accurate and people deserve to know that. Right. And they've gotten into some hot water in the past, recently within the past few years for 
not pulling down or putting warning labels over derogatory tweets in general or like mm-hmm. super far right, you know, racist tweets and stuff like that. So I think that both of you are right that at some point something had to give and this is probably the best time for them to really go in and start rolling this out, um, you know, to the masses because what better PR than during a pandemic to show that, you know, you can potentially help um, stop the spreading of misinformation. So why don't we test this? Why don't we go on the millennial show Twitter account and tweet some facts about COVID like COVID gives you a second butthole or, or I don't know, makes you. Yeah. Oh, that's actually a good idea. (laughs) And see if it gets flagged. (laughs) (laughs) We could also tweet some stuff at Trump about hydroxychloroquine. Like a common side effect is making your obvious toupee like fall off. (laughs) (laughs) Or the hydro um, removes any spray tan that you may apply to your skin. Mm. Then he would stop taking it really quick. (laughs) Yeah. So over on Instagram, they're also revealing some new features, some of which are already available if you use the app on your phone. Um, Not COVID related, but this is kind of to help double down on the anti-bullying efforts that they've really been trying to buckle down on over the past few years. Um, So first up, there is now an option to delete comments in bulk. So um, basically, after you access this feature, you can choose up to 25 to delete it once. And the idea uh, of this is basically just that, you know, like, say you have a really popular profile on Instagram and people decide they're going to cancel you instead of having to go in and delete, you know, really mean comments one by one. You can do it in bulk now. So it's, it's kind of supposed to help stop the the um, threat of, I guess, like the hive mind onslaught. So that's kind of interesting. Um, You will also be able to uh, block or restrict commenters uh, uh, accounts in bulk as well. So again, you know, if you see that somebody is consistently abusing that space, you'll just be able to to block them a lot easier um, from leaving comments without actually having to turn off the comments feature for everybody. Um, and then this is one that I found interesting. They're also going to roll out an option to pin comments to the top of your posts. And Twitter has an option to pin comments already which I'm sure all of us have used at some point or another. But unlike Twitter, you're actually going to be able to pin multiple comments at the top of your Instagram post, which I think is interesting. Hmm. So when Instagram was explaining this, and this is still a test feature, they were saying that they hope that it will give users an easy way to amplify the positive comments Mm -hmm. um, so that the negative comments kind of get drowned out by the positivity. But also that they'll be able to set a tone that, you know, future commenters will will see the top comments and say, oh, like this person commented this, like maybe I should comment something about that. Right. Maybe my comment will be featured, too, if I'm being positive. Right. Mm -hmm. Exactly. (laughs) Do you know when a comment is pinned, I wonder? Because like I would pin the first person to tell me that I look really hot. And then everybody can see that comment when they're scrolling through their feed, you know? (laughs) That's a good question. I didn't see any screenshots of this particular feature, but that would be kind of funny. Imagine how egotistical it would be if you saw that somebody had pinned (laughs) a you look hot comment. (laughs) I feel like I can think. When this rolls out, Laura and I will comment that you look hot and then you can pin it. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see. I can think of 
just a few kinds of Instagram influencers who would do exactly that. Mm-hmm. Like you can definitely tell who's feeling themselves. Yeah. Literally all the time. 100%. Typically right now you just see the comments. If you're scrolling through your Facebook feed and you see a photo, you typically see comments written by the accounts who have the biggest followers. You ever notice that? You always see like, or maybe it's the most liked comments. I don't know which it is, but I always see celebrity ones featured there. Yeah. It's like verified accounts maybe get more priority. Yeah. Probably. Mm -hmm. Or if I'll notice it too, if the person that posted has responded to a comment. So even if it's like from a plebeian like us, (laughs) you know, that'll pop up at the top because the celebrity decided that they were worthy for a comment back. Well, and you know why celebrities do that comment on other people's Instagram photos? So they get featured and then somebody who doesn't follow them clicks into their profile and then follows them. It's marketing. That's right. all it is. It's such bullshit. Mm-hmm. I see celebrities comment with a heart and then it's featured there. I don't give a fuck that Tyler yeah. Oakley left a heart on some hot gay guy's photo that I follow. I just, I'm not <laughs> now following. Now we know what you're following. <laughs> <laughs> but I will say the one feature I really like about Instagram, speaking of commenting, is that you can turn off commenting. I wish you could do this on Facebook, but I don't think you can. I guess because there's more discussion that happens on Facebook and they want to encourage that because I want to tweet about how or I want to Facebook about how much I hate Trump. But I know that my uncle and my brother-in-law are going to comment on it. And I just don't want to hear that. So then I don't do it at all. However, if commenting was turned off, I would. Then I wouldn't have to see their bullshit. I mean, I guess it's possible we could see something like this on Facebook at some point. One day, yeah. Facebook owns Instagram. So they're pulling all of these strings. Um, I, I think that some of the features up at the top maybe don't really apply to us as, you know, um, people that have bigger platforms on Instagram. But this last one, I think maybe is something that um, a lot of people might want to take advantage of or it might be, you know, something that that you would be interested in using. Um, so they're also going to roll out more controls that will let you decide who can mention or tag you in not only comments, but also captions or stories. You can already um, you know, turn on an option that will ask you if you want to be publicly tagged in pictures. That's been around for a while. Um, but the fact that you'll be able to control where you're tagged in other places is new. Mm. And then you'll also be able to customize this kind of like you do with Facebook with like different groups. Um, so you'll be able to choose whether you want people like you want everybody to be able to tag you or just people you follow or no one at all. And then you'll also be able to opt into an additional option that lets you manually approve tags on those um, three features as well. Um, I actually am a bit excited for this one just because I don't know if this happens to you guys, but I get tagged in like bot posts all the time and I'm Mm -hmm. not sure why. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So it will be really nice to use this just so I don't have to deal with that anymore. You get tagged. Also just sometimes. Go ahead people who tag you when you don't want to be tagged Mm -hmm. like i mean this is definitely a throwback but i remember the early days of facebook when people would at least for me i had this happen somebody would tag me in a picture that they full goddamn well knew was not a good picture of me (laughs) they would do it anyway maybe they think it is a good picture of you that is such bullshit. No, I feel you. Sometimes I, it happens. I, yeah, like, I know we'll it happens. See, you know, it's like, because everybody wants to look at in the picture they choose. Right. Right. So I, go, I see what yep. you did there, but also like ultimate betrayal Fuck because you. that was not a good picture of me. Yeah. Yep. 
it, this always happens when you take a group photo and then everybody looks at the photo to approve yes. of it, but they're only looking at themselves. So long as they look good in the photo, they want it up there. Everybody else can look like total shit, but they don't care. They just want that photo up because they look good in it. This is what I do, and I'm sure right. everybody does. <laughs> so those are some interesting updates. Yeah. Thank you for sharing those. Let's move on to recommendations now. The ABC Summer Game Shows are back. I've spoken about these before. I think Match Game in particular I have recommended, but they've been off for a while, and ABC likes to air these over the summer. Uh, On May 31st, we're going to get Celebrity Family Feud, and there's one episode pitting the two Queer Eye casts against each other. I'm really looking forward to that. Press Your Luck with Elizabeth Banks is back, and Match Game with Alec Baldwin is back as well. I love watching these. They're a lot of fun to watch either by yourself or with other people because you can play at home as you watch. So it's a really good time. I always have a ball, especially during quarantine. We need something light, easy, fun. The ABC Summer Game Shows are that. I wanted to recommend Pitch Season 1, which is now streaming on Hulu. It's been up for about two weeks now. Uh, First of all, I love this show because I am a big baseball fan and pro sports have been canceled. And it's really weird not to watch baseball in the spring when you've been doing that your whole life. So I'm getting my fix that way. Um, But also, this is a show that was gone too soon. Fox pulled the plug way too early. And it really sucks that they did because there's only 10 episodes, but they're all really good. Um, It's about the first female major league pitcher and she gets called up to pitch for the San Diego Padres. But when they posted that they were going to put the whole season up on Hulu, Dan Fogelman of uh, This Is Us fame, who's the showrunner for Pitch as well, was being really ominous in his tweets and talking about how maybe if people like watched the shit out of season one and, you know, the fans made a lot of noise that they might be able to make more episodes. And they've been talking about this for the last few months. So I don't know what's going on behind the Mm. scenes, but it sounds like they're maybe talking about bringing it back, which would be really cool. So if you're looking for something good to watch and you like a good sports drama, would recommend checking out Pitch Season 1 on Hulu. And I would recommend taking advantage of this time to reconnect with people that you haven't talked to super frequently over the years. Um, I've just found that I've had more and more occasions where you know, friends and colleagues from the past, we've ended up connecting through like, you know, chatting back and forth on Instagram or through Facebook. And it's opened up a couple of opportunities to just have video chats with these people, see how they're doing and kind of, you know, rekindle those friendships. And um, I've really enjoyed that. I'm actually going to be talking to an old college professor of mine later this week. I haven't spoken to her in a long time. Um, But she was one of my favorite teachers back when I was in school. So I'm really excited to get to catch up with her. And I think it's just a good way to inject a little bit of positivity. Just don't tell these people that you shower every other day. They're going (laughs) to sign off from that conversation. (laughs) Maybe I just don't stink, Andrew. All right. Maybe I just don't get stinky. Well, this episode, there's been a lot happening, so we don't need to spend any more time on this. (laughs) But... um... You're crazy. I'll leave it at that. Okay. Thanks, everybody, for listening to today's episode. If you have any feedback, you can contact us by writing directly to millennialshow at gmail.com or use the contact form on millennialshow.com. We also have the confessional there. You can also follow us on social media. We are Millennial Show on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Just uh, don't annoy us or else we'll delete your comments in bulk. What's going on in After Dark today? 
We are going to be doing a personality update. Um, we take these personality quizzes from time to time just to talk about them, compare to each other, talk about whether we think these things are valid or where we see truth in them. So today we're going to be doing the Myers-Briggs, um, specifically from 16personalities.com. And we're also going to be talking about the famous people who match our personality types as well as the Harry Potter characters <laughs> that match our personality types. So it'll be really fun. And then after we record that, we will be recording an after after dark, so to speak. We're going to record us playing the popular Ellen game Psych, and we're going to release that next week on Patreon because we will be taking next week off for Memorial Day weekend slash my birthday. <laughs> I hate saying that and also love saying that. It's so egotistical. <laughs> we take off for my birthday. You should just say Andrew Day. We're taking off for Andrew Day. <laughs> I wouldn't want to say Andrew Memorial Day because then it sounds like you're dead. Yeah, that's that does not sound right. But yeah, <laughs> we hope um, everybody has a good Memorial Day weekend. If you're here in America, here in America, it's kind of the unofficial start to summer. Obviously, most of us are still staying at home and um, it might not be as fun as past Memorial Days, but we hope you're good to yourself. I always look to look forward to Memorial Day weekend because it is the un unofficial start of summer and you start grilling, enjoying the weather. It's always a good time. All right. Thank you, everybody, for listening. I'm Andrew. I'm Laura. And I'm Pamela. Bye, everybody. See ya. Go downtown.